Hey there, everybody. Uh, Scott Durfee here, back with uh, yet another podcast. Here with my Uncle David. Say hey, Dave. Hey. Hi, everybody. It's good to be with you. Uh, today is going to be a very special podcast, a very special episode. We have two special guests with us today, good friends of mine and uh, about to become good friends of y'all's, too. We have uh, Jory Norton. Say hi, Jory. Hello. And we have Mandy Norton, Jory's sweet, beautiful wife. Say hi, Mandy. That's correct. Sweet and beautiful. Yeah. Which is proof that Jory is just a fantastic salesman. (laughs) (laughs) There's truth to that, too. (laughs) At least in that case. Yeah, for sure. So, listen, over the uh, past several episodes, I mean, we have nearly 40 out now. Our, our focus the entire time has been one thing, and that's been hope, healing, and redemption through the atonement of Jesus Christ. And today, we the reason we've brought Mandy and Jory as special guests with us today is they have some experience that I think can help all of us in gaining that and in establishing or even enhancing our relationship that we have with Jesus, our Savior, through the administration of the Holy Ghost because of some experiences that they've gone through. So I'm going to let David just kind of take it for a minute and um, maybe start asking some questions, and uh, we'll just kind of follow the Spirit, follow the flow. So here we go. Well, we've talked before, Scott and Mandy and Jory, about the atonement of Jesus Christ and what the atonement of Jesus Christ covers. We know that Jesus Christ died for our sins. Sometimes we don't focus enough upon how he died for sins committed against us, for the suffering that we suffer innocently, for the suffering that we suffer through our children or through the sins or mistakes or failures of others. We don't talk enough sometimes about the compensatory blessings of the atonement of Jesus Christ, how he compensates us in our losses, how this is twice in the scriptures, right? Lehi said this to Jacob, Joseph Smith in Doctrine and Covenants section 98, talking about the saints in Jackson County when they lost everything, even some lives. And uh, the Lord says, that through the atonement of Jesus Christ, he would consecrate, consecrate all their afflictions for their gain. That somehow, even in their losses, they would be consecrated. You know, we think about Isaiah, that there would be beauty for ashes through the atonement of Jesus Christ. That there would be a a garment of uh, praise for a spirit of heaviness. All of the effects of the atonement of Jesus Christ is not to just redeem us in the next life, in the afterlife, but how it compensates us because of the fall of Adam and Eve, and not just our sins, but our death and suffering and pain that we experience in here in mortality, which is all part of our mortal experiences. But the Nortons, brother and sister Norton, we're so thankful that you're here. And you've had some experiences that have been so difficult that I think our our listeners can just gain so much strength from hearing your uh, experiences and the things that you've learned uh, from, from these experiences. So, Mandy, you went on a mission. Yes, I did. 
South Africa. Cape Town, South Africa. And uh, had some success there. I think. (laughs) (laughs) I had a lot of fun. It was a great experience. Learn about the atonement of Jesus Christ. Teach the restored gospel. Come home. You You and Jory get married how long after you're home? Almost three years. You you get married three years after you've returned home. I, I, because your one of your companions was his sister, and that's how you met, and that's how you got married. So sweet. You had all these great spiritual experiences, but there's no way you could anticipate uh, what you, what would soon happen after you returned home and got married. And so why don't you, why don't you just share with us a little bit about? Uh, you know, getting married and and the experiences that you had early on in your marriage and the loss of your child. Okay. Um, let's see. We got married in 2002. He's the one that knows that kind of <laughs> stuff. Hey, that's good. I'll take that <laughs> win. I don't get very many. We got married in 2002 um, and quickly were pregnant with our first baby. Um and we lost that baby early on in a, in a, in a miscarriage and um, quickly had another baby uh, three months early. So, so we had two babies in the span of a year, basically a year and one month. And um, this was our sweet Kinley. She was born uh, three pounds, 12 ounces. Mm. It's just a teeny little thing, but, but was a fighter and... Still holds holds the record at um, Utah Valley Hospital for making it out of the ICU as quickly as uh, she did. She was there for ten days. Wow! So uh, we were able, to, which I see as a really big blessing. Also, it allowed more time with her. Mm-hmm. But um, she required a lot of care, so we never really left her. And then um, Jory, Jory's sister was getting married. And was going to the temple to have her endowments taken out. And um, we decided that we would leave her for the first time with a babysitter that was known and trusted around in our community. Uh, our family members had used her a few times. And and I I had no reservations at all about leaving her with her. And um, we went to the temple and had a really great experience that day. Oh, uh, with Jory's whole family. And in fact, I think Jory, you said, uh, just getting to know you this morning, that it was one of the most powerful spiritual experiences that you had in the temple that day. Yes. You want to share that? Yes, absolutely. So we, uh, you know, just to backtrack a little bit, but, you know, Mandy had come back from the mission and met me, and the time I was coming through some of my own struggles and actually in the process of a divorce from a first marriage and and some coming out of some decisions and choices in my life that trying to crawl out of a little bit um and and so to me you know she kind of came in at a time in my life where one being a salesman is an understatement. I don't know what she thought or what she was thinking <laughs> coming into the situation to, to look at me and say, yeah, there's potential there. Um, when I 
She saw look. you as an investigator. Just being yeah, yeah, that's yeah, maybe that's yeah. it. So, Joy, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna push pause on you right now because you're misleading our listeners to a to a, to a slight degree. Jory is a wonderful person um, and always has been. I've known Jory for about 20 years now. Uh, Jory and I met uh, where I meet a lot of people that we have on here, uh, and his mom and dad were actually very instrumental early on in my recovery from drugs and alcohol. Um, Don and Rhonda Norton will forever, that na- the, their names will forever um, be sung with a lot of praises in this household because I love them so much. Uh, I remember actually uh, about this time of year, Christmas time, going to their home uh, for Christmas parties, you know, with uh, with several of us. Jean was there and Patrick. Remember Patrick that played the guitar, you know, and, oh, yeah. and all that. And it was just a, a, a great time. So, you know, Jory, Jory's uh, a little bit self-abasing here, which is fine, uh, but uh, he is uh, just a wonderful, wonderful person. He's extremely successful in the community. He uh, he has all kinds of. He, he's one of the best looking men, wouldn't you agree, Mandy? That, I agree. Yeah, that uh, that uh, I've ever. He's uh, aging well. He, yeah, yeah, like uh, like fine wine, they say. I think, yeah, but uh, I'll take it. Yeah. So so anyway, I I just had to I, I had to call you out on that right early, Jory. So go ahead and continue. No, I appreciate that, Scott. And it's, the feelings mutual. Um, great, been great to know Scott and have the experiences we've had together. And, uh, but I was at a, a point in that, my, my life, I guess the perspective was I, I had honestly looking in the mirror at that point. Yeah. I did not like what I saw. Um, and, uh, fortunately when I looked at her, she saw something better and she saw something different. And, and so I, uh, she saw I, you with the eyes of faith. Yeah. She, <laughs> she was a blessing and a miracle for sure in my life. And, uh, she may agree with this, may not, but she never. She always wondered why she served a mission. It was kind of this last minute, literally, what, two or three weeks? You kind of decided, I, I, I decided, guess I should go, yeah. got the papers in, and she had the, had a call and turned around. I was around in the MTC two weeks later. And said, what? Well, <laughs> why in did Africa I, how did three I get days here later. kind of scenario. <laughs> um, and so it's kind of one of those things as you have experience in life and you look back, at least I... I look up and again give credit to to the man above for for the opportunity that I was able to cross paths with her through her mission and her getting to serve with my sister at, and come back and that's the way that we were able to meet. Um, but again, at that time, you know, I was I I'll give myself some credit as Scott mentioned. I I definitely was striving for something better. I knew I I didn't want to be living the way that I had and some of the things that had taken place and and she came in just at the moment where it was another motivation to say okay yeah you know I you know you hear that story a lot but those women that kind of help save us or or help pull us in a better direction and she definitely was that for me but as we went that time to the temple we were fortunate enough we were able to get married in the temple through our time together we dated for quite some time Uh, but as she mentioned you know, with everything going on after Kinley was born, our daughter, um, you know, we hadn't been really back to the temple much and left her until that time when my sister was, was going through. And so I will never forget the experience I had that day at the temple. It was just something I've never felt or experienced since. But the power I felt that day in the temple 
was something now that I definitely um, look back on and recognize the Lord's hand in that. That He was preparing me, and I think preparing both of us for what was about to take place. And so, after the temple, I called the babysitters. Our, uh, our daughter's name is Kinley, and she was um, almost eight months old, about a week away from being eight months old. And um, I called to check on her, and and as soon as we got out of the temple, and the babysitter said, "She's fine. You know, everything's fine." And so we went to lunch, and then we went straight home. And um, I walked in the door, and the babysitter was rocking um, our Kinley, who was cold and gray and obviously not alive. Um, but the babysitter um, said that she had fallen off the of a trundle bed. And at the time... You just believe what you're told, you know? We just, how in the world did this happen? But okay, we got it, you know, let's do what we have to do. So I grabbed her, and I, I, Jory was outside in the car getting it warm for us. I grabbed her, and I ran outside, and I screamed, you know, take us. we got to go to the hospital. Um, but then I realized her neck was broken, and I needed to put her down so that I didn't paralyze her. And so um, we... Because I, I thought going to the hospital in our car was going to be way faster than getting an ambulance to us. Mm-hmm. But um, in the meantime, I, I took her in and laid her on the floor and started CPR on her. And in about 30 seconds, uh, a man that we have no idea who he is stopped and came in in his suit and tie. And he was on his way. I think he said a baptism to a baptism. He left his whole family sitting out in the car and he just had heard on the radio and he was helping me do CPR within probably 30 seconds of us calling 911. And he was a professional and he immediately knew we needed a helicopter and had everything in the works for us that we were able to have help, which we were pretty far away from help. And we were able to get help immediately. And I don't know how maybe... So Five minutes. This guy was a. When you say he was a professional, he was a, a, a medical a, a, professional. Yeah, medical a paramedic. And the and the uh-huh. radio that he heard it on was his radio for, for yeah. work. Yes. Right? Okay. Yeah. And yeah. he happened to have a radio on him that he just called right in for a helicopter. And I recognized the signal that he called. They try to not tell you in front of you know. And I just said, why? Why do we need a helicopter? She's okay. She's gonna be okay. It's still. It didn't process yet yeah. what was going on. She just fell off of a small bed, you know. Hmm. We later learned that that's not what happened, and uh, we don't know what happened to her. We've never been told. The babysitter's never told the truth. Um, she's told a few stories, but um, we were able to to get her to the hospital, and they by the time we got to Primary Children's Hospital, they were already doing brain surgery and removing her skull so she could her brain could swell and we still had would you say we still had some hope at that point i think we were still pretty yeah, naive we, we'd gone from salt lake temple home which was at this point you know at eagle mountain area in the ranches and from that point the helicopter landed in the street and mm. took our daughter whisked her away back up to primary children's they said that's where we're headed so 
we hop back in the car driving back up that same direction and and I guess at this point it was just this utter you know disbelief you can't even comprehend or understand yeah. or process or have time to even what believe was that, what had happened what was that drive like huh. it was it's super surreal when you think about it like I remember watching the helicopter I kept just watching the helicopter and I remember Jory's sister talking to him about how he was going to do this without falling off the wagon of yeah. drugs and alcohol. Right. And just saying, you've got something big ahead of you. How are you going to do this? And that's all I re- really remember about the drive there. Do you remember anything else? I, uh, even at that point, as I think back now, I feel, you know, my grandpa once shared an experience of when he was in this horrible scenario in a plane that was going down. And he felt kind of this overwhelming, almost like honey, just kind of draped over him that, you know, he he could take a breath. And he felt this peace that he, you know, at that time didn't even know or understand, but it's later expressed what he felt like that was. And I think even from the beginning, you know, as I look back on that drive, one, we, it was such a whirlwind and we still... We had a reason to hope. We didn't really know for sure what had happened. We hadn't heard any definite medical determinations or of what had taken place. But it was almost like already kind of in this cloud <laughs> of protection cloud. Yeah. of like, you know, kind of what I felt in the temple that day. Yeah. That, and just this, this power beyond me that was aware and not even knowing at that point what I was, what we were driving to other than something not good had happened. So kind of in hindsight, you would look back at your experience in the temple. You said it was one of the most spiritual experiences you had had and, and, and you were being prepared. And so you, the administration of the Holy ghost had been with you throughout that day and was continuing with you. It sounds like, would you say that's accurate? For sure. Yeah. Yeah. And we've yeah. talked about in the, on this podcast several times, Mandy and Jory, that the Holy Ghost, the the really one of the major roles of the Holy Ghost, is to administer the atonement of Jesus Christ in our life. So looking back on it now, but maybe not really knowing at the time, the atonement of Jesus Christ was being administered into your life, really right from the very beginning, even before even before you even knew what had happened. Yeah, for sure. And through that whole process, right? Yep. And Mandy, you're going to tell us more about what happened at the hospital. We got when we got there, they took us I I was a little bit of a crazy lady. <laughs> I can chime in if you need to. They um I there the ER was chuck full and I just barged my way right to the front desk and said, "My baby just came in on life flight. Where is she?" And immediately they had us whisked off to a room, a white room. <laughs> and I'm in the medical profession, and I know what that white room means. And it was a good hour maybe or two that we sat there yeah, and waiting for an update. And um, they came down and told us that she was... Uh, well, actually, in that time, we might want to add that... Um, we, there were detectives up there and we didn't know why they had come to interview us and took us to separate rooms 
to make sure our story, they didn't know we weren't home. Mm. And it was called in as a child abuse case through, by the helicopter, from the helicopter. Mm. So they took us to separate areas and interviewed us to make sure our stories matched. And then when they realized we weren't there, we really don't know what happened to her. Um, they came and told us she had some serious fractures to her skull and um, a broken neck and had been shaken very hard. Her, her, I can't think of the right, red, were torn. Yeah. And, um, you know, that there's, we're just going to see, there's a chance. There's not much of a chance, but there's a chance. And so we waited for a long time and family members started to come and help us. And, um, we spent that so that this was probably by the evening, Saturday night. And nothing had really happened besides, you know, she was being kept alive on machines. Uh, tons of visitors. We were just really overwhelmed. Um, and then the next morning, they just told us, you know, she she declined during the night. And she's a vegetable, basically. And I can remember on the drive, the, on the drive up there also praying, saying, I will take care of any condition she's in. Just save her. But, um, uh, so then we were Sunday morning, Jory and I were there alone. And, um, actually I think, one of, I think my parents slept in a waiting room somewhere around the hospital, but there was a lot of that going on. <laughs> yeah. People were Behind hiding out scenes. around mm. for waiting for us. Um, when I, I went in and Jory was able to fall asleep for a few minutes, but I, I was able, I went and got him and just said, you know, she, she's not doing well. And the um, team of doctors that had been working on her came and took us to a private room and sat us down and just said, you know, we have machines that can keep her alive, keep her body alive for as long as possible or as long as you want. Uh, But, you know, you need to think about taking her off of life support. And uh, they were interested in donation. That was a part of their trying to get us to quickly, you know, make some decisions. And um, they just stared at us like we were supposed to just have that answer right away. And so we asked if it was okay if we would pray about it. And they they were respectful and left us there in the room. And uh, Jory and I knelt down together, just offered a simple prayer. And we stood up and we didn't say a word to each other. We just hugged each other and said, we can do this. And at that point, we walked out and just got the doctor's attention and said, we're going to take her off. It's time for her to go. There was no doubt in our mind that experience of in that little waiting room. I'll never forget. Again, you know, I look back on the temple or (laughs) the drive or these little experiences now, and that is one that has been foundational for us as we knelt. And, I mean, literally, we stood up and we looked at each other and as we can look at each other now, and we did not have to say a word. We never had to question I couldn't imagine, you know, we stood up and she said, well, I think we should do this. And I said, oh, no, I think we should do this. What a tender mercy. Um, Without even words spoken, just solidified in our hearts that we knew 
that this it was her time it was her time to go throughout this whole experience too i've had a lot of people i think a lot more people come to me than than to jory probably i have a lot of um, you know other people that have lost kids and that kind of stuff that talk to me and say how how are you not angry how are you not how did you ever go back to the temple how did you go back to church how did you know any and still have people ask those questions and it's never been a question in our mind that it was a punishment you know it has always been we've just we've we that experience really has gotten us through a lot of really hard times by referring back to those feelings of she was supposed to go and unfortunately we had waited too long that her brain had been gone too long that she couldn't donate much but her eyes we were able to donate her eyes and give beautiful blue eyes give somebody else the chance to see you know and honestly I think through you know we waited for we waited for our family members to all get there to be able to say goodbye to her and we rocked her until she passed and driving the hardest part I will say right for me was leaving the hospital without my baby and handing her body over to somebody else, Mm. you know, but I will say the, the amount of people that have, uh, asked questions and asked how we did this and how all of it, um, we could all, we always just, we have no other, nothing else we could refer to of how we did this other than through the atonement and through somebody taking our pain for us. Mm. And obviously we still feel a lot of pain and I miss my daughter, but the collateral beauty that we have seen come about from it, from being able to help other people, and I honestly can't can't give you a number on how many people have called and asked, you know, how do I help my family member? How do I help my sister? They just lost their child. This, you know, what can I do? Or I've I've reached out when I hear of anyone that's lost a child. I always reach out to them. Um, I feel like that's been more my part of feeling her close to me, is to help other people through it. Um, I haven't had a lot of spiritual experiences with her other than knowing where she is and knowing that, that I get to be with her again. Um, but I think Heavenly Father's way of um, helping me is I'm a fixer, obviously. I, I'm a, somebody that wants to help heal, and I think that's something that Heavenly Father's blessed me with is the ability to not be super emotional when I'm doing that and to just help. You can't fix it, you know, but you can tell them that they're going to be okay in ways that we've been okay, yeah. you know. Where did you, so. where did you kind of learn this, Mandy? I mean, it's it's listening to your story, it's amazing to me 
you were how old at the time? I was 26. You were 26 years old at the time. That's been, I think you said 19, she'd be 19 years yeah, old. Yeah, on February, or let's see, February 1st, she'll have been gone for 19 years. Yeah, wow. So yeah. you were 26 years old, Mandy, and you were able to process all this as hard as it was and as difficult and the grief and the mourning and all that that you went through, but somehow your faith never wavered. Never. Your testimony was never shaken. Nope. You somehow knew that God was in control. How, how, where did that come from? Where did that strength come from? I don't know. I had to dig deep, I think. I think we both did, but... Was it, it something on your mission? Was it something in your youth? What, what was it that... Was it just a gift? Was it something that was... <laughs> were you born with this? Is this pre-mortal? Is, I, I mean, where did you get I, this, uh, this, this spiritual strength or, or understanding of the atonement of Jesus Christ? And where did you get that at 26? I honestly don't know, but... I think probably my mission is where I started to kind of understand that. I still don't understand the atonement fully and uh, and don't utilize it as much as I should and could. But I I don't know, honestly. I can't well, tell you. I I know it's a gift, <laughs> whether yeah. you can identify the source or not. Maybe. Yeah. This is a gift from God. That somehow you were you were blessed to receive, yeah, and that you received it early in your life, yeah. And can you imagine trying to go through what you went through? I couldn't without having that gift. Yeah, I I couldn't. I people ask all the time, "How did you How did you do that? How I can I could never do what you did." You know, people say that, and I don't like comparing trials. I think our trials are relative to our own situations. I don't like people right. saying, "Oh, I could never do what you did," because you know you never know how strong you're going to be until you have to be. Exactly. And um, I don't know where it came from, but I know that um, I have quite a few moms and quite a few people that have been able to get strength from my testimony of it. Um, it doesn't mean that I don't love her and don't miss her and would give anything to have her back. I would love to not have to help these people. You know, I would love to not know what they're feeling, but a huge part of me is to try to take some of their pain away. And I feel like that's been my calling since she passed. Uh, I think we've we've grieved and mourned in completely different ways. And I think mine has been more the through other people, ta- helping and talking to other people. And just the hardest part is not, not having an answer of what happened to our child, you know, to say, I don't know what happened to my baby, but this is how we got through it. I, you know, and, and we're still getting through it. It's not something that you just get over ever. So so two things. So you were given a gift. You received yeah. it. Yeah. 26 years old. And God has used you as a gift. I mean, literally, he's used you as a gift and an instrument Yeah. to bless the lives of so many more for the last 19 years. I do feel like that's been my 
way of honoring her and, and just keeping her alive in, in our home and around us is we don't we don't sugarcoat any of it we don't but everyone that knows us knows about our daughter because she's our still in our family you know she's still a part of our family and yeah I just think that that was my 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 own personal blessing and still is and like I said the the beauty that we've been able to see the ripple effect of what our testimonies have done for other people. Um, it doesn't mean that I haven't questioned or it doesn't mean that I sure. haven't, you know, but I can always go back to my testimony and knowing that I get to be with her again and I would never, I, I don't think I could do this without the gospel and knowing that I get to be with her again and, I mean, I guess I, other people do it, but I don't know how I would without yeah, that. Yeah, so, so not only the, the power and the grace and the mercy and all of that from the atonement of Jesus Christ, not only the Holy Ghost and, and having the gift of the Holy Ghost, the comforter to be with you and all of that, but what I'm hearing you say is your firm witness and testimony of the restored gospel of Jesus Christ and the doctrine that families can be together forever, and the unconditional redemption of Jesus Christ, and knowing that as parents, having been sealed in the holy temple for time and all eternity, that that child is yours forever and ever to be raised by you in the millennium. Yeah. That's, that's given you a lot of strength, too. Yeah. It gives me a lot of hope, and it keeps me going a lot. I mean, I'll admit, you know, I feel sometimes I feel like I have one foot there and one foot here, and want to be on both sides. You know, I want to sure. be with her, but I, you know, I have my kids here. And, but um, yeah, I, I feel like we've I've been given some kind of strength that I, that only can be explained to me through our Savior. And this angel. Kinley, has um, you haven't had any? You've said told told me earlier that you haven't had any really personal experiences with her. You right. haven't felt, yeah. but how is she as an angel blessing your family? Do you think now? I think she's with my kids a lot. I know she's with our oldest daughter. She talks about her a lot, and she she actually writes in a journal that she writes to her. And so she's how that's how much she wants her sister, you know. So she's she writes letters to her. This is your seventeen year old daughter. Yeah, and she's always since she was could talk. She's always had a very spiritual uh, relationship with her, which has really helped also to you know know that she's watching out for our kids and and I know that Jory's had some experiences with her. Um. I even know of, you know, some neighbor kids that have said some things about her that they really shouldn't know wow. her. Yeah. So, you know, she's, she's around. Our she's she's our, our angel. We do. We call her, her our angel, and I know she's around. And I, and I know that she's helping me more than I recognize. The Prophet Joseph Smith taught the doctrine that 
those who have passed on, our loved ones who have passed on, are more aware of us than we are of them, and they feel after us, and they feel our emotions. I think that's so interesting that that he taught that, and I believe that, that we have, we all have people who love us on the other side of the veil and who watch over us yeah. and who, who definitely feel after us and are involved in our lives without us maybe being aware of them. Yeah. Yeah. I, I prayed for years for some big experience. You know, I wanted to see her. I wanted to see that she was okay. And that, that hasn't been what Heavenly Fathers wanted me to see. So I've had to find Sometimes I have to think of, you know, how can I do today and how can I get, you know, but I I can. We always do. In so. fact, you, you mentioned that you feel like that's almost been a protection to you. Yeah. That you haven't had like a personal experiences maybe with her. Yeah. How so? I just feel like it might be too, um, I'm really emotional when it comes to her and I feel like it would maybe be too hard for me. And I think that's Heavenly Father's way of protecting me. Hmm. Well, Jory, on the other hand, when this all happened, and your sister, was it your sister who warned you? Who warned you about this is going to yeah, be heavy? This, this, this is going to be hard. Why, and, why don't you just catch us up a little bit, Jory, without getting into a ton of detail about maybe a few of the challenges and so forth that you had faced and through the uh, help of a, a 12-step program and your Heavenly Father and Lord and Savior Jesus Christ was able to uh, work into some recovery time and stuff like that. Why don't you just kind of give us that perspective? Yeah, so I, I kind of alluded to you know how we met, Andy and I, and... And where I had gotten myself to a place of, you know, a little better footing and overcome, you know, through 12 steps where, you know, we met Scott and in in those experiences there had gotten, you know, to a place where I had started experiencing, you know, the atonement, right. you know, where I had been in places of overwhelming despair, you know, that hole that we dig and not it, knowing any other way that I could get out. I, I actually had a front row seat to this, watching Jory go through the uh, trials and stuff that he went through, not just during this time, but prior to it and in, even after it. Uh, and and uh, to watch Jory walk hand in hand with the Spirit uh, has been a wonderful thing through all of this, even right from the very start when that relationship with the Spirit may have been just a little bit strained, Jory. Yeah. No, I, it was. It You know, it was those... It, you know, I kind of, in this experience and all of it, it, it interrelates to just, I guess, the natural man and, and our finite mind trying to figure it out. You know, how do I get through this? Whether it was my challenges, you know, with addiction and, and substances and, and overcoming those things from decisions that I'd made. Um, you know, I, you know, you get to a point where you, you try anything and everything of your own power to say, I don't want to do this. You know, I don't want to live like this. But I knew I would make that commitment and promise to myself every night, you know, after another day of, oh, man. I don't want to be living this way. I don't want to be doing this. But yet that next day would come after every fiber of my being committing that I don't want to be there. I'm not going to do this again. And the next morning I knew 
I would wake up and I knew exactly where I was going to be and what I was going to be doing because I didn't know any other way. You know, I couldn't fix um, some of these challenges and problems that I had got myself into. And that was the beginning stages of my understanding of, you know, what do I need to do to find something in power greater than myself to restore me and help me to get out of this hole that I've dug. And my last experience was six years of that cycle of every day, you know, just not wanting to do the things I was doing, not wanting to live that way, even recognizing that, you know, the wreckage and the, the things I was, you know, doing to people around me that loved me. And I did not want that. My desires, my wants were good, but until I understood that I needed to look beyond my own self and willpower to find a way out of this, I couldn't, six years. And I remember the day when I, what we call surrendered, <laughs> that that day of complete desperation and pleading and, you know, call it that you, you dug, that, dug that hole. And I remember one phrase that stuck with me is, you know, if you want to get out of this hole, because I was digging it, trying to dig myself out, and that was just creating tunnels all over the place to nowhere. But the simple phrase, drop the shovel, stop digging, and look up. And uh, Can I interrupt you really fast? I think it's well, well I think it's really important for for you to say that you were able to be clean and sober through Kinley's entire life which the 6 years came after that but before that he also struggled for years so you know with this huge how you know with addiction and recovery it's not just a one day thing and you're better and he he was able, we feel like it was such a blessing from heaven that he was able to be clean for her whole life. Yeah. Well, well how come? Why? Why? why as long as K- Kinley was here, what was there? <laughs> what was the saving grace about Kinley? What was it about this baby? Oh, this man. angel already. This, right? Yeah. How did, yeah. She, how did she save your life for a year? Yeah. You've, you've raised the term gift. Um, yeah. And that's kind of resounding in my mind. I talked about, my angel wife, the gift of the timing and when she came into my life. And and then we talk about this gift of our angel daughter and, you know, my true desires, you know, and, and I think through all of that, it's just, it's understanding of the perspective. You know, we think things in our own mind and, and try to solve it, but not understanding that the the Lord is always there. He's mindful. He's aware of us. He waits patiently, very patiently in some cases like mine. Um, but she definitely, you know, was a gift at that time. And uh, as Mandy mentioned, um, one of the greatest tender mercies now that I recognize, and we've mentioned a few of these, is the fact that her life, I was in a place where I was there and I was present and I was able to love her with everything I had up until her last day. And now I continue to, um, and I feel her close, and I know she's there. But for me, I think perspective is is really something that's changed everything in my life. It's perspective, and through the Spirit, we are, we're actually able to see a true, infinite perspective where naturally we just get caught up in, you know, this and that, and the things that, you know, we have to do here, 
we have to accomplish, but we don't see the bigger picture or understand it or even comprehend it. And through all these experiences and my experiences through the perspective of the Spirit, I've learned what the atonement of Jesus Christ is for me, for myself, for our angel daughter, for our family. And I'm so grateful for that. There's days now, like I said, we're in different places, you know, all of us, we're doing different things and the world will throw something across our bow, you know, any given day that's going to take us for a, a loop or a ride. But I know through my experiences that in the sure foundation I have on the rock of our Redeemer, Jesus Christ, through my experiences, what a gift it is to have that perspective. And no matter what, as long as I have that foundation, I can come back to that same perspective, whether it's with my own challenges, with our our family, our daughter, our 17-year-old teenage daughter now. What an incredible gift we learn through these experiences if we are able to see them through the lens of the Spirit and that perspective. The eternal perspective that the gospel gives us, right? So, Jory, I, I love this phrase, put down the shovel. <laughs> put down the shovel and look up. Hmm. Wow. Did that was that a thought or like a voice in your mind or and t- and tell me what happened right after that? How did that come well, to you? It's interesting you mention it even now and you can call it a thought, you can call it you can kind of picture it or whatever, but it is a physical experience of relief of lifting right. off these weights of years of just wondering, how did I get here? How do I get to a better place? Even though I want it with all my heart and soul, I can't figure this out. For me now, it's it's a daily event. You know, you can look at that picture, but I, I feel that in my things. You know, there's things that I do every single day now that I've learned through my experience um, in life and recovery that I know I start my day every single day with that type of visual Mm. You know, in my studies, in my prayer and meditation that I I know each day I got to do that almost in a way, feel that burn lifted and say, Lord, I need your help and I'm ready and I'm willing. Guide me today in the things that you'd have me do. This is like President Nelson describes the daily, the joy of daily repentance. Basically, you feel that, right? Yeah, Absolutely. Thank you for reminding me, <laughs> because we take it for granted, and it doesn't take long for, you know, me to think back, and that's the gift too. You know, we were reminded and and have gratitude, which in tune keeps in line with our humility and our ability to recognize and feel and see the tender mercies of the Lord, feel the Spirit, and have the strength we need, you know, to push forward, and for me to support and love my amazing wife through these experiences, you know, and I think that's part of the, you know, the perspective I see. There's things I went through that helped prepare me. You know, it doesn't seem like that was a good thing for me to go through or have to experience or, or, or live with. But now when we're, we see things through the lens of that perspective in the spirit, we recognize it for what it is. And it's the truth that, you know, I was here. I'm always here. And all these things will work together for your good. 
and that all these things will be consecrated for your gain. As an elders quorum president, that you're right, is that you're serving of your well? brother? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's right, that's right. You're in my brother's ward. And you're, I'm sorry for him. I you're apologize. His, <laughs> you're his elders quorum president. I mean, oh. through through opportunities like that, really, Jory, because of your experience, how you how are you able to administer the atonement of Jesus Christ into the lives of others because of your experience? Hmm. Yeah, that. That is, I'm still learning, but what an amazing blessing. I have opportunities, you know, and if anything I've learned in my experience of callings or whatever, it's it's about the one, you know. And I've had opportunities to really experience that, the people that I can really understand and relate and share my um faith and hope with through those experiences. Jory's not going to be the kind of person that's going to really tout himself much, um, <laughs> and, and which is great, and we, we wouldn't want that anyway, but, but I feel like it's important that I say something about that. You know, Dave, you ask a question, how, does, uh, how, does, how do you help administer the atonement of Jesus Christ, Jory, to those among whom you serve, your ward members? Virtually all of the adults in your ward are under your stewardship, <laughs> yes, at least the, all of the men. And, and the answer to that is obvious to those of us who know you. <laughs> and it may not be obvious to you because to those of us who know you, you know, the way we administer, the, the best way anything or anybody could administer the atonement of Jesus Christ into the lives of others is to be Christ-like. And jewelry is Christ-like. And, and in order for that to be accomplished, there's really a few things that need to happen too, right? The scriptures tell us that this is life eternal, that they might know thee, the only true God in Jesus Christ whom thou hast sent. Jesus, I mean, jewelry knows Jesus. He knows him. He knows him. And, and then there, there's another commandment, you know, be therefore perfect, even as I or your Father in heaven, which is, even as I or your Father who is in heaven is perfect. Jory's not perfect, but Jory is inviting and qualifying for perfection through the atonement of Jesus Christ by supplicating himself every single day. <laughs> right, Mandy? I mean, yeah. uh, on, on a pretty regular basis, at least, to the will of our Heavenly Father, turning his will and his life over to the care of God as we understand him, which is the third step of the Alcoholics Anonymous. And then Jory also talked about when you asked him about putting down the shovel, and Jory said, it's just something I have to do every day. In the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous, we read, and I, and I, I don't know if I'm quoting it verbatim, I think I am, but, it, but we read what we really have is just a daily reprieve based on our spiritual condition. Oftentimes, some, some of the greatest gifts in our lives, uh, beauty for ashes, you know, can come from some of the most tragic, seemingly tragic to the rest of the world, seemingly tragic experiences. There's no doubt that the two of you and your entire family, because this stuff doesn't happen in a bubble. This has affected everyone who loves you. This affected Deb and I. We cried, literally cried multiple times as we prayed by the side of our bed for you while this was going on. This stuff doesn't just happen in a bubble. It happens to all of us. Uh, when it happens to one of us, it happens to all of us. And the thing that we've been able to see, and, and, and I've appreciated, and Jory, you've had your struggles through it. We all have struggles through it. But because you have been able to exercise a broken heart, right? 
I can't. He can. I think I'll let him. That's where we. That's how we kind of define that in recovery. And and a uh, a broken heart and a contrite spirit. And you already talked about that. You know, the contrite spirit is just turning to him every day, finding joy in daily repentance. And you talked about that. And and your example to not just those around you, not just those in your ward, not just those in your family, not just those that you have stewardship over in your own family too. But many, many others, Jory uh, and Mandy, because of the things that you've gone through, we all, we all get to feel and witness the effects of the atonement as well. Well, I feel really, Mandy and Jory, I feel like Kinley has blessed my life today. (laughs) Thanks. You know, just getting to know you and to know your story, I feel like your experience and her that she's blessed my life today. I want to read to you a, uh, a a quote from Elder Anderson's book called The Divine Gift of Forgiveness. And I want you to just comment on this because there's kind of another aspect of this story, I think, which is not just how the atonement covered you, compensated you, uh, how the atonement of Jesus Christ allowed you to consecrate your loss for gain, but how you were able to forgive, how you were able to forgive and not allow uh, any sort of resentment to come into your life as a result of this experience. So let me read this quote and ask you to respond to this quote, Mandy, and just give me your thoughts about it. Okay. Our faith in the atonement of Jesus Christ not only includes faith in the Savior's ability to pay for our sins, but also his ability to heal our wounds when others sin against us. Christ paid for all the sins of all the world, including the effects of those sins. Forgiveness is not excusing sin. It is trusting in the atonement of Jesus Christ. I like that last part so much because, um, can you read that last sentence one more time? Yeah, I love it, it says, too, Mandy. Uh, forgiveness is not excusing sin right. okay. or yeah. the mistakes of others. Forgiveness is not excusing sin. It is trusting in the atonement of Jesus Christ. That's exactly, exactly what we've had to do. I've had to do. Because I can tell you honestly... Um, my feelings, and I think we talked about this quite a bit, but at the, at the beginning, I just knew I needed, I, I couldn't do it being angry. I couldn't live that way. I couldn't live being mad at this babysitter. I couldn't live with that resentment inside of me and be happy. And I, it was pretty fast that I just felt like, okay, we just need to forgive her and move on with that part, you know, she's, it's not going to work. She's not going to tell us what happened. Um, she, you know, she's never really apologized, never apologized really. It's just been, but, um, I felt it pretty close, pretty immediately that it was essential to forgive her, um, so that we could really grieve for our daughter. I will, I want to be honest in saying that, as the years go by, I do have a lot of moments of um, 
anger towards the babysitter um, against who's, you know, sinned against us. But it's always usually taken away from me pretty fast. And the only anger I feel about it is I just want her to say she's sorry. Um, and but but that's I just have I know that I'm not going to know what happens until my daughter tells me what happened to her. And uh, holding resentment and hatred and holding those feelings inside, are, it's too heavy. It's too much, so we have to give it up. That's a choice. It's a daily choice, several times a day sometimes. That's a choice you made from the very beginning, was that your focus would not be on the babysitter. Yep. Your focus was going to be on Kinley and the atonement of Jesus Christ and being an eternal family. Yep. It's the the only way that I could could have survived it. I didn't want to be here anymore after she left. And that got me through. Just for, no. for 19 years, that's been a daily choice. Yep. It's definitely a choice. That's amazing. But that's I also feel like it's been a huge gift from Heavenly Father to give that to us because I've had... So many people say, you were in the temple. How could, you know, how, how could a loving Heavenly Father do this to you? And that was said to us a lot. I, I can honestly say I never felt anger towards my Heavenly Father for it. I never felt like I was getting punished or, or that I, I don't know. It's, it was just a gift the atonement of Jesus Christ is there for all of us. Yeah. Right? The gift is for all of us. Yeah. But it must be received, and that's the choice. Yeah. That is the choice. And you have chose daily to choose him and to choose the atonement of Jesus Christ and redemption and the gospel of Jesus Christ, all of that. And others who don't focus on that but choose to focus on the negative... It's it's amazing how how that goes to two different places. Yeah. And I don't want to sound like I'm this saint that, you know, never <laughs> never has hard feelings or never, you know, I don't want to f- sound like that, but we're we're, we're just sinners helping but, sinners here. Right. <laughs> yes, I'm pl- I do you plenty know, of things that aren't right fallen. or we're you all know. Fallen. <laughs> yes, but I do feel like through the last 20 years, you know, that We've I've been guided and directed and I've been carried. Yeah, I 100%. think it, it's important for us to. And we've thought about this a lot, but in honoring her and through this experience, we've had discussions of if nothing else, what can we do from this and learn from this experience and share hope. I'm sure there's listeners, um, and my hope is that they recognize, you know, that that this is no matter where you're at. Um, you know, there is that hope and there is that gift. And we, through our experiences, you know, that's all we have to share. Not a perfect way of how we got there, or how we did it. You know, it's, we all have our roundabout way, but that hope is there. That gift is there. And as we have chosen, as you mentioned, to accept that gift, you can't even express the gratitude that we have to our loving Heavenly Father and, and to our Savior for His atonement and sacrifice that has brought us here. Yeah, the the neck the for us to um 
I don't want to say the word celebrate, but when the anniversary of the date came of her death, um, we were wondering how do we do get through this day, and we decided we go to the temple, show Heavenly, you know, it was kind of our way of thanking Heavenly Father for the gifts that wow. he's given us, and we went to the temple, and the temple president came and talked to us for a while before, and told us that we had a baby girl coming, and I sure enough had a baby girl in, in my tummy, and it just was a really special experience um, that being in the same place on the anniversary that she died was healing for us, and we did it for quite a few years with that, and invited family members and stuff, and it just, to me, that was our way of just telling Heavenly Father, we're still here. Thank you, and keep helping us, you know? Wow. Well, so. thank you for your sharing your story and the blessing of hope and and the healing that that offers to so many of our listeners, myself included. I'm really, I'm really, really thankful that you came and, and shared your experience with us today. And, you know, Scott will kind of help us conclude this, but I... I'd like to maybe just invite them, Scott, when you're finished, to maybe just share by, it just seems appropriate, the Spirit's really strong here, to end with something of a testimony in the name of Jesus Christ, and so grateful for Him and for all that He has uh, given us, that He, you know, was so willing to come down, and knowing that we would have these experiences no doubt knowing even before you had that experience that you would have that experience and that he suffered it. And uh, grateful that you've been able to receive it. It's, it's, it's there, but it has to be received. And those who reject the gift, as we've talked about, not only reject the gift, they reject the giver of the gift. Yeah. Christ himself. And uh, you're you're an amazing example of of receiving that gift and the blessing it's been in your life and in all of our lives who know you so thank you so much scott thanks for being with us you guys i uh, hope you know how much i love you and uh, thanks for being here and sharing with us something that can't be easy to share something that can't even be easy to relive like you must have to do even sometimes in the quiet chambers of your own soul you know and to to deal with the things that you've had to deal with uh, i appreciate our relationship i appreciate the experiences that we have had over the years some of my most spiritual experiences have been in the same room with jory and and i appreciate that uh, love you both thanks for being with us today i know that you will have touched so uh, we're going to conclude. First, we'll hear from Jory, then we'll hear from Mandy, if that's okay. And um, upon conclusion, may you just know how much our listeners, how much we love you, how much we appreciate your being a part of this with us today and always. And uh, we invite you to always remember that you have always been, also been redeemed through his blood. If you'd like to get a hold of Mandy and Jory for whatever reason, we'd invite you to just uh, reach out to me or to David and I here at us at gmail.com, and we will uh, go ahead and filter those through as is appropriate to them. Okay, with that, Jory. Well, I, I first uh, just express my gratitude for the opportunity to be here and be with, with you. And... Uh, 
as Scott mentioned, uh, it is it is a lot to consider when asked, <laughs> because we know every time the roller coaster we're about to jump on, of emotion and reliving experiences and challenges. Um, but my testimony is one just ultimately of gratitude, because my next emotion right after oh, you know, am I am I going to be able to do that again? And along with my sweet wife and, and seeing and knowing the emotion it brings up in her to share these experiences, uh, immediately I go to gratitude for what the Lord has given me, for the gift of the atonement, for the redeeming power. I truly have been rescued. I've truly been redeemed through His grace. Um, I've seen it directly. Um, in my day-to-day life and in overcoming challenges and given the enabling power through our struggles and trials and this experience of, of losing our daughter that we shared with you today. But if nothing else, I, I just want to share ultimately my testimony of hope through him. No matter where you're at, and anyone listening, if there's nothing else I could give today, it, was, it would be that gift of hope, that knowing that through my experience with the Savior and the atonement, He has given me the strength to overcome things that I never thought I could overcome, to get through trials that I never could have comprehended, and in turn taking me to places where I look at now. And you mentioned, you know, Elders Quorum President, and to me, I still I like look at Point, wait, wait! You're talking to me. <laughs> you know, that's that's me. I I look back and and there's no doubt in my mind. Every fiber of my being knows why and how. I used to ask the question, "How did I get here?" And that was one of beaten, bruised, torn through trials and decisions and challenges, and one of frustration. Um, today my testimony is complete opposite of how did I get here and looking up and thanking my Heavenly Father for His Son and for His grace and for the joy I have each day in living with that and accepting that gift that He offers each and every one of us. And I just share that with you and, and my testimony and gratitude for this opportunity and, and the love of my sweet, incredible wife and the gift that she is to me. And I do that in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Jory's much better at this than I am. He's more of the, he, he, he would like to shout his testimony from the rooftops. And, and he does as much as he can. And I'm more quiet about, about it and a little bit more reserved. But I'll admit it took a lot for me to get here. It took a lot of Jory coercing me to get here. I didn't, I was scared to relive it. Um, but... Um, I've always been reminded that if I can help one person, it's worth it. And I truly believe with all of my heart that we don't go through our trials to keep quiet about them. We go through our trials to help people. And otherwise, what, what, what is it worth? You know, we, we didn't go through this to hide and be quiet uh, we went through it to be able to be there for other people, and I'm grateful that I can see that perspective. And I think, you know, Heavenly Father, it, I, 
it's, it's more uh, subtle and inside of me, my testimony, but there's nothing that I, there's nothing I hold more dear to, to my heart than my testimony of our Savior. And I'm so grateful that he is there for me and gets me through a lot of hard days. It doesn't go away. People always ask, you know, how long does it take to get over? You don't. It doesn't. You don't get over it. And I just know that my Heavenly Father has helped me every day, and he helps me to know the right thing to say to other people that are struggling. And if I can help one person through this, it's all worth it. And I just want to share that I am... I know my Savior and Heavenly Father are aware of me, and, and I might not feel my daughter physically close to me, but I, I know she's around. And I know that she is cheering us on, and I just want you to know that that we're here to help each other through our trials. We're not here to go through this alone, and that's the Savior proved that to us. And... I'm just really grateful for that. And I say that in the name of Jesus Christ, amen. Mm-hmm.